Okay, well, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, good morning, my name is Jesse Tanner and I'm in charge of our Kids City here at Lancaster Baptist Church. And I am new to this position. So in case you're you know, wondering why I look so young, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I've actually been here at the church for quite a few years. I came to college here um, and I've been teaching in our Christian school here. I've taught here for five years. I took a few years off in between um, and I came back last year and taught and then Pastor Chapel uh, met with me and um, offered me the position of, kid, of children's director here at our church and I have to tell you I absolutely love it uh, my kids are growing up here I have three children and my kids are growing up here and it's just been such a fun experience coming into this role as children's director um, but I just want to introduce myself to you thanks for coming to this session uh, my first point was gonna be be prepared but I don't have notes so no I'm just kidding. I have notes for me but <laughs> just kidding we had handouts for you guys with um, my notes on it and for some reason I don't know where they are so uh, mrs. Allen who's gonna come up here in a moment with our panel she was like, I can go print them. And I'm like, it's okay. They can listen real well, so it'll be okay. <laughs> but um, just kidding. That really wasn't my first point, though. It was make a great first impression. So that's my first point. <laughs> um, but we'll get started with this. Um, so really, this is um, the session title uh, that I was given was Five Non-Negotiable Priorities of a Quality Children's Ministry. And when Brother Chapel um, gave me that title at the beginning of the summer, I thought, wow. What are those? You know, I just kind of thought like, what are those five non-negotiables? So, you know, I want to know. And um, I really did uh, seek counsel about this and um, really just, you know, ask the Lord to give me what five things are that could help any children's ministry, no matter the size of your church, no matter where your church is, you know, if it's in California or maybe um, in another state. Um, and I just really asked the Lord to give me something. So I do hope and pray that this will be a blessing to each one of you and that you can take something home from this session to put into practice at your church. So what do we do in children's ministry? What's the real goal of kids ministry? Um, is it simply to keep the children occupied while their parents are in church? Um, is it to keep them entertained, um, to help play with them so that maybe parents can come to church and put their marriage back together? Maybe so that a single parent can have somewhere for their kids to go while they go get filled spiritually? Yes, that's part of it, but that's not the only reasons that we're here in children's ministry. And if we only think of it as, you know what, we're keeping these kids occupied, we're keeping them safe, giving them a safe place to come to, that's wonderful, but we're missing an even bigger opportunity to serve the kids that, in, that are in our ministry. I wanted to look at Psalm 78 to get started. And Psalm 78, there's so much in this chapter, but I really wanted to focus on verses four and seven. So I'm gonna read these to you, but if you wanted to um, jot them down. And then I do hope that everyone got a folder. I should have said that. On your way in, we put together some things. I'll go through a little bit of this. If you didn't get one, I didn't know how many people were coming. There's a few more than I planned on. So if you didn't get one, they're available at our guest service counter downstairs. You'll see uh, me and Mrs. Allen down there. And so you can ask, we have extras down there. So uh, we'll go over that in just a moment. But Psalm 78, verses 4 and 7, it says, verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. And then verse 7 kind of concludes that, even though it's not the end of that psalm, it says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that really is why we have children's ministry. It's those things from verse seven, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. We wanna teach our children things that have happened, not only Bible stories, but things that have happened to make it come to life for them so that they don't forget the works of God. And so that the, when they grow up, they keep his commandments. You know, that's the part of children's ministry that if we just come in and focus on the kids at that time and like, okay, let's keep them all happy. And sometimes we have those times, right? I know even with this conference doing childcare and you know, it's like seven hours straight of childcare in the morning and we're like, okay, turn the bubbles on. Let's keep these two year olds happy, you know? Um, whatever it might be, sometimes we have those moments, but we have to remember the bigger picture that we want these kids to learn and we don't want them to forget it as they grow up. So what are five ways that we can do that? Um, five ways that we can talk to families and have those families come back to our church. What are those five ways? So um, we'll get into this. The first one is to make a great first impression. Make a great first impression. And I think that that almost goes without saying, but sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of things that we forget about that. And we're like, oh great, welcome to our church. Let me show you your class. 
you know, or whatever it might be. So uh, make a great first impression. You've probably all heard the quote that says, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Okay, so we wanna make someone's first impression um, of our church wonderful. And the way you can do that is to simply be a host. And so I have the letters H-O-S-T, and I'm gonna give you um, the words to go with that. So be a host. And this comes from Romans 12, 10 through 13. Um, and you probably all know those verses, but it says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. So when people come to our ministry, we want to treat them that way. We want to prefer them. Um, and um, all those verses go on to say that we're patient with them, right? Um, and then at the end of that, give into hospitality. So we want to be a host to everyone coming into our church. So what are those ways? So H is happy to help. Happy to help. A rushed life will kill the joy in your ministry. Um, and I know as you come, as you uh, go back to your churches and uh, maybe you have people serving under you in a children's ministry, um, encourage them to be there on time. Um, I am, I maybe, um, I have tried to train myself to always be on time and even to be early. How many of you are late people? Anyone want to admit to that? That's me, all the ladies. Yes, that's me. Okay, not all the ladies I know. This is the stuff. Okay, so that is me. That's all, right? You're rushing around and especially when you have little kids. I mentioned earlier, I have three kids from uh, ages seven, four, and three. And so I understand sometimes you're getting them ready and it's not easy on Sunday morning. We just recently switched our service schedule. So our early service is now at 815 so that is just wonderful to get all those little kids ready in the morning and i understand that um but we don't want to live a rushed life we don't want to be rushed we want to be ready because if we're rushing around um, those parents are going to notice that stress when they come in and they're going to see that so um, we want to be happy to help them and happy to serve them o is observe opportunities observe opportunities be given to details learn their names um, and don't be afraid to ask them their names again um, I'm real, I'm not the best with names. So I have to like, as I'm talking to the people that I meet, I have to repeat their name in my mind over and over again. And still by the end of the conversation, I might be like, okay, one more time, tell me your name, just one more time. Um, and I do try to remember their names, but learn their names. So that way, when you're making a follow-up visit, or maybe you see them that next Sunday, come back, you can say, Hey, I remember you from last week. And even if you remember one of their names out of their family, that's a win. So, you know, don't beat yourself up over that, but learn their names, be given to detail. Notice the small things and just do them in a large way. So even, not even just with first time guests, um, but even with your children that are currently in your ministry, send out birthday cards. Okay, every kid loves getting a birthday card. Every year, my, um, my son, Jace, he's the oldest one, he absolutely loves when his teachers send him a birthday card. And his newest thing is when um, his rally leader sends him a birthday card, and he loves his rally leader right now. Um, and so he's like, oh, Brother Davi sent me a birthday card. You know, it's just like, it makes his whole year that he got a birthday card, that somebody remembered his birthday. Um, birthday cards, handwritten notes telling them thank you just any of those small things that you can do in a large way and even for your workers even for your volunteers it doesn't take much to send them a five dollar starbucks gift card you know or something on their birthday to remember them and to let them know that you appreciate them okay don't be guilty of not noticing something going on um, sometimes it might be easy to walk by and be like, oh, I have, I hear that child screaming, but I'm just gonna keep on walking. No, just take the time and there might not be something that you can do to help right then, but just let them know, you know what, I saw that, let me go find a, find a fix for that or let me go find a solution for that, okay? You might not be the one to jump in right then to the baby nursery because you're in charge, you can't just jump into a class, we understand that. But to see that um, opportunity, um, don't be guilty of not noticing that. Don't just walk away thinking, it'll get fixed on its own, it's okay. Um, notice those small things and fix them if you can or make a list to do them later. So observe those opportunities. Um, S, serve sacrificially. Serve sacrificially. Model Christ to those around you. Um, Colossians 3.23. Um, and serve sacrificially may mean sacrificing your own comfort zone. Um, there have been times actually coming into Kid City here. Um, I always taught high school. Um, so the last five years, and, I, and I've taught um, junior high girls by, uh, Bible study on Wednesday nights for almost 10 years. Even when I was in college, I helped and then I taught and I loved that age. So coming into Kid City, I was like, 
Oh goodness, small children, like they're a little bit scary. Like I've got three of them, but you know, when you've got like 20 of them, you know, it's just a bit much. So um, coming into this, you know, it's kind of like, oh wow, there's a lot, but you know what? Sacrifice your comfort zone and you will find that maybe it might not be the age group that you thought you would enjoy, but you will love them so much more than you could have ever even imagined. Okay, um, that first through fourth, we have a first through fourth grade rally on Sunday mornings. We have first through fourth and then we have preteens, fifth and sixth grade. And first through fourth, I, I was in there every Wednesday night this summer when we had on Wednesday nights and we've moved them to Sunday mornings. And I just thought like, wow, there's like our highest goal, our highest numbers on Wednesday nights were 95 first through fourth graders. And I was like going into this thinking like, oh, this is a lot of first through fourth graders. And it was. But I'm telling you, those kids, when you're in there every week and you come back every week and they would just be like, this is Tanner, hi. And you get to know them and you know their names. Um, I still have kids from junior camp that are um, part of our Spanish department that when they see me in the parking lot as I'm dropping off my kids and, they're drop and their parents are dropping them off, they're like, hey, Mrs. Tanner. And I'm like, hey. So it's just so fun that you build that relationship with them, even though you might think that that's not my comfort zone. You know, I don't do babies or I don't do second graders or whatever it might be, you know, um, but sacrifice your comfort zone and you'll find that God will give you a love for them. Even if you didn't know you had that, um, sacrifice your, in your time and your interests. When people are first coming to your church, um, when they're new guests, they want to be heard. They want to be seen. Um, they may not know that, um, but sometimes it's easy for us to talk about ourselves a lot. So, and we feel like we have to fill in that time, you know, maybe they're coming in and it might be a little awkward meeting new people to be like, hey, where are you from? Are you from in town? Are you just visiting, you know, whatever. And they might ask you a question. You could go on and talk about yourself and just different things, but you know what? You need to listen to them and learn them because then that's how you're gonna know how to follow up with them. And you're gonna see, you know, maybe how many kids there, maybe they only brought one kid and they have more kids, you know? So you could follow up with that family in a way, but listen to them and learn about them. Um, part of being a great children's ministry is showing how much you care about the families and the children attending your church. So follow-up is a huge part of that, and you're, just, you're able to connect with families. Uh, when you learn something about them, um, and you can connect in a way, and then follow up with them, it really just kind of brings that all together. Okay, so we're still going through hosts. So it's happy to help, observe opportunities, serve sacrificially, and then thank thoroughly. Think thoroughly. Um, it really is impossible to encourage the wrong person. And with first time guests coming onto your, um, into your church, um, you may not know what it took for them to get there that morning. You know, um, maybe they hadn't, maybe they had been invited so many times. We hear this a lot. They'll say, well, oh, we had a track left on our door like 10 years ago and we've been meaning to come you know, for 10 years, <laughs> but it may have taken them a lot to get to your church that Sunday. So when you can thank them and just tell them, thank you so much for coming to our church. Um, I know here when we have first time guests, um, the next, the actually the next day, we sit down with our Kid City team and we'll kind of divvy out those first time guests and we write them a handwritten note to the kids telling them, thank you for coming. Um, and it might be, you know, they might be a baby. They're not gonna read it, but their parents are gonna see that note. And it was written to their child saying, Thanks for attending our class. We hope you had a great time and we'll see you again soon. And then we're also gonna follow up with them. So we write them a note that first week. And the second week, we're gonna follow up with them with a visit to their home. Um, if they've given us their address, we're gonna follow up with a visit to their home and just bring them a gift from our church. And it's something as simple, if they're in elementary, it's like a fruit snack and a lollipop, okay? And a, and a little bit about our church. And there's some things in your um, packet. We always give out what we teach to every new time guest coming to our church, new family coming to our church. This, kind, this has our, um, just really what we believe, our statement of faith here at our church. But we want people to know that we're not ashamed of what we believe. And we want them to know what we believe. And we don't want them coming to church for months and then realizing, oh, that's what you're teaching my children? No, we want to be upfront about that. This is what we believe, and this is what we're going to teach to your children. So we don't want to shy away from that. But we give them this. We give them a little um, track from our church, a little kid's track that just says that God loves them. So it's kind of fun. It looks um, like it's fun for the kids, but also still has the plan of salvation on the back of it. So we follow up with them, and we give them some things. We also give a little book to the parents to tell them um, it's Pastor Chapel's book about um, raising basics of biblical parenting, raising kids. So we give them a few things when we make that follow-up visit. So we write them a handwritten note. Then we also follow up with a visit that second week and just invite them back to our church. So thank them for coming um, and then invite them to come back again. 
Sometimes they may just need an invitation to come back again. We know that that invitation is always open, right? We want people to come back to our church and we know that. But sometimes when you don't express that to them, they may not feel like they're wanted back. You know, they may feel like, well, that was a great first time, but okay. You know, and when you just say, hey, will you come again? We loved having your child in class. Here's a gift for them. Do you want to come back? Maybe like, sure. You know, that might be all it takes. So thank them for coming and follow through with them. Okay, so that's about being a host. Um, number one was make a, first, a great first impression. Number two, minister to everyone. Minister to everyone. Your volunteers, um, your church members, your visitors, treat everyone the same. Um, we should never treat members that we know or maybe that we're close to better than those first-time guests. But also we shouldn't treat those first-time guests better than our members. You know, we want to minister to everyone. If you have a need in your uh, department, in your kids' department, uh, maybe you know that somebody's going through, um, you know, maybe the kids are going through a medical problem. Minister to them. Minister to that family. That's a great opportunity to minister to them. Don't forget about your members. Don't just focus on first-time guests and forget about your members. So minister to everyone. Treat everyone the same. And I've talked a little bit about follow-up as well with first-time guests, but follow up with them. Write them a note to thank them for coming and follow through with those um, first-time guests. Um, many of you may not know me, um, and you may not know, you know, maybe my story a little bit, but um, a little bit about my story is that um, about three, about four years ago now, actually, uh, my husband came down with cancer. And um, at the time, I had two little boys, and I was pregnant with our third. And um, I have to tell you that I was not in charge of Kids City. I wasn't even teaching in our school at the time. I had taken a break from teaching. And you know what? Our kids' ministry here ministered so much to my family at that time. And I would be going to appointments with my husband and going to the hospital to see him. And I wasn't in church for about four months while we were doing this. And um, every Sunday I knew that my parents would bring my boys to church. And you know what? My boys would come home with a note from their teacher or maybe an extra snack that day or an extra lollipop. And even as much as I was like, oh, more candy, you know, but whatever it was, those teachers in those classes were ministering to my kids. And I cannot tell you how much that meant to me at that time. And I don't even know if those teachers knew that, but they just knew that they were loving my boys at that time. And I loved it. And it ministered to my heart so much that they would take their time out and they would write notes. And um, at Christmas that year, we got packages from the, from the class and it just meant so much to my boys. And they were so excited that they got something from their teacher. Um, but it's, it just meant a lot. And if there's ever a family in your church that's going through something, minister to those kids because it doesn't go unnoticed. Those parents may not be able to, to reach back out to you and say thank you. And when they're going through that um, hard time, they may not be able to reach out and write a thank you note to every single person. I look back now and I'm like, I even saw Mrs. Kearney today um, and I spoke with her and she was in Africa at the time. And I said, Mrs. Kearney, you wrote me a letter three and a half years ago. And I want you to know that I got that letter and it meant the world to me. And you might not know what someone is going through or the extent of what they're going through, but when you encourage them and when you minister to them, it doesn't go unnoticed. And more importantly than even that person noticing it and you know feeling that, God notices that. you know, And he notices that you're ministering to them. So um, you can't encourage the wrong person. You really can't. You don't know what some of these families might be going through in your church, but be a blessing to them and be an encouragement to them. Um, under this ministry to everyone, don't allow for combustion points. And I totally stole this one from Mrs. Allen back here, who's our nursery um, director and our preschool director. But she recommended this book to me, and I'm going to recommend it to you guys. I actually listened to it. I listened to a lot of audiobooks. So um, the book is Be Our Guest. And I don't know if any of you have heard of it or read it, but it is a Disney written about um, the Disney parks, Be Our Guest. It's written about how um, Disney amusement parks treats their guests and just the different things that they have. And this point came from that book. And um, basically it's saying that at points in your, in your, well, at the amusement park, but at points in our ministry, we may have parents that come to a little bit of a boiling point, right? There may be things that happen and parents get upset and kids get upset. You know, when you're dealing with kids, I even know when something happens to my kid in a class, I'm kind of like, oh, what happened? Like it already kind of, you know, you parents in here know when something happens to your child, it's already like, oh, okay, what's going on? Um, but we, they may get to that boiling point. We can't help that. Things are going to happen. Kids are going to get bitten in nursery, right? Something's going to happen. We can't help that. We can't stop that from happening. But you know what? We can stop them from boiling over, 
we can stop them from, um, like they said, um, don't allow for those combustion points. We don't want it to blow up, okay? We wanna be able to turn that heat down, have it simmer back down, and we you know, fix the situation. So um, in our ministry here, and I'm not sure how you do it at your church, but this is one that comes up a few times. Um, in all of our classes, age babies all the way through um, K-5, when parents check their kids in, they get a check-in slip and it goes on the child. And when they, um, they also get a check-out slip. And so when they come to pick up their child, they have to show the check-out slip to take their child back, okay? And it's for safety purposes and we all understand that. But it's also very windy here in Lancaster. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but it's sometimes it gets a little windy and sometimes those slips will get lost or maybe they threw them away. I, this was like two months ago. I totally walked out of my kid's class not even thinking this and I just threw their checkout slips away and then went to church. And then after church, I realized, oh, I, didn't, I don't have my checkout slips to get my kids back. And you know, I was gonna leave them, but no, I'm just kidding. I wasn't gonna leave them. <laughs> but what do you do when maybe in that situation, a parent comes back and they're like, we can't find our checkout slip. Are we gonna get our kid back? Well, yes, of course you're going to get your kid back, okay? We're not going to keep them, but maybe just verify their phone number, verify, you know, make sure that they're um, saying that this is their child and the child is recognizing their parents and everything. We have that for safety purposes for a reason. You know, we don't want just anyone coming in saying, oh yeah, that's my child, I need to take them, okay? Um, we don't want that. So we have it for safety purposes, but also we would never want a parent to get so upset about that small detail that they didn't have their checkout slip to get their child back, that it would be a reason for them not to come back to church. You know, so even in cases like that, we want to just be able to, you know, lessen that and just say, that's okay. Let's verify something else or let's, or maybe you know the person and you know that that's their child and they bring them every single week for the last five years. Okay. Maybe you know them, you know, don't make that an issue for them that day. So don't allow for combustion points. Okay, number three, number three um, is to know your state laws and guidelines and follow them. Know your state laws and guidelines and follow them. And under this, I have a couple um, things. So, so state laws and guidelines for children in your care. Um, for children in your care, know those laws. Um, whatever those laws might be, don't look for ways around these. Simply ab abide by them. Those are the laws. Um, for example, we recently um, were told about the Safe Sleep for Act for Babies. And so basically the Safe Sleep Act says that um, we can no longer have swings in our nurseries and we love those swings, right? In the, in the baby nursery, we love them. We've used every single one of our swings down in our, in our nursery. But going into effect later this year, there's a new law that says that we can't have swings because it can't be sitting upright for babies. It has to be flat. So we've had to, as a church, order flat bassinets, but we're still gonna get swinging bassinets, you know? And so it might seem like a silly law. You know, I could look at that law and say, you know what? I've had three kids and I put all three of my kids in a swing and they were fine. You know, and sometimes in our uh, ministry, sometimes these things might come up and we could think like, fine, you know, when you weren't supposed to lay babies on their belly or on their back or whatever it is, you know, whatever it was. And we're like, I put my kids on their belly. You know, at my, when I had my kids, you couldn't lay them on their belly. They had to be flat on their back. And my mom came in at like day three of my son's life. And she was like, nope, put him on his belly. He'll be fine. He'll sleep, you know? So there may be things like that where we might think we know better but don't let your pride get in the way of those things. If that is a state law, if that is a guideline, abide by that. Um, don't let your personal opinion on things become the law for your church because that's not how it is. And if something was to happen where a child was in a swing and was injured or you know something was to happen, that's on you, that's on your church. And think of those, um, think of the ramifications of all that so don't let your personal opinion your your pride get in the way of those things it does the law is the law and you have to abide by it so know the law or guidelines for children in your care but also know the law for volunteers working with children um, know what's specifically needed for background checks for your in your state for volunteers every state is a little bit different on that but every volunteer has to pass a background check um, each volunteer should have on, on file a signed volunteer form, and we put one of those for our church in your packet. There's a volunteer form. We also have volunteer forms for teenagers that work in our ministry, and then as well as adults. So everyone should have a signed volunteer form on file, and then a background check or a live scan, whatever your church ministry does. And then they should be interviewed personally by a member of your children's team staff. 
So whether it's you personally as a director, someone on your team, um, they should be interviewed um, with this. And we'll, we're gonna have a panel in just a moment. If you have questions about that, um, we can help answer those questions. Um, but keep in mind that the main goal is serving those children and those families. And we can't do that if we're not abiding by the state laws. So keep that in mind. So know the state laws and guidelines and follow them. Number four, equip your volunteers with everything that they need to be successful. If it, in, if it is in your power to provide them with something that they need for their class, do it, okay? Um, it might seem silly. It might seem silly to you that they need, you know, whatever they need for, for their class. But if it's in your power to provide it for them, provide it for them. And if it's not in your power, you know, you can let them know, you know what, we'd love to provide you with that, but unfortunately we can't. Is there anything else that I can help you with, you know? Um, but provide them with whatever they need to be successful. Um, here's some ways that you can that you could help them um, have written current worker policies and procedures and cover these regularly things change all the time we actually have one here as an example for you um, this is a pre-covid example so there are things that have changed even in this one right um, but here's our volunteer manual and in this manual we have different pages for every type of volunteer in our ministry whether they we have a college here so whether it's a college student volunteer whether it's a teacher's assistant, whether it's the teacher, um, a teenager, there's different policies for every person serving in ministry. And so we have a manual that we give them um, and we provide them with that yearly. Um, so an updated one so that they can see what that might, um, what that might involve. So provide them um, with those updated, updated uh, manuals. Um, Whenever new volunteers are starting, make sure that you are meeting with them one-on-one -on -one to talk to them about policies in your ministry. Um, it's really important. Um, we, we recently had a service schedule change, so we had to recruit a brand new team of volunteers for our Wednesday evening services. And that was a big deal, and I didn't really realize the impact of that until we kind of got into it, you know, and we start like, oh yeah, we need a teacher for all of these, I think it's seven nursery and preschool classes and then six elementary classes. So we need a teacher for those classes, but then we also need two to three helpers in each of those classes. And so once you kind of think about that, it's like, there's a lot of people that we need to volunteer, that we need volunteering for this. Um, but make sure that you're meeting with them and having them fill out the important, the um, volunteer forms, the background checks, all that, and then going over the manual with them so that they know what to expect. Um, send out weekly reminder text to each teacher with any upcoming announcements for them um, or check in with them to see if they need anything. So every Friday I text the elementary teachers. Uh, Mrs. Allen checks in with preschool and nursery. Um, she's in charge of our preschool and nursery departments. And so every week we're, we're following up with them. We're checking on them when they're in classes to see if they need anything at that moment. Just be available for them, okay? Um, text them any weekly reminders or check in with them during the service if you can help them with anything. Provide them with postcards maybe to send to kids. Um, postcards are an easy way. Maybe you can get one made up for your church that would just, we have kids city postcards that we use and it's real easy for the teacher to write a note on the back of that postcard and mail it to the student. Okay, so provide them with postcards or birthday cards to send children throughout the year. If you're providing them with curriculum, provide them with a handout to go home with that curriculum to, for the students to maybe take notes in those older grades or a coloring page or whatever um, and for them to take home. Um, how many of your kids bring home a paper from church every week? My kids always bring home their paper from church and they're so excited about it, right? They're just so excited. And typically, you know, the people on the coloring page will have like blue faces or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, but that makes my kids weak. And then you can see what they learned in their class that day as well. So it's really nice to have parents see what their children are learning in their classes. So if, they, if you're providing a curriculum for them, provide those weekly handouts to go with that. If the teachers need something for crafts or uh, whatever is needed, provide them with that um, if you're able to do that. So if it's in your power to provide it, do it and be a blessing to them. This is your kids, your kids in your church, you know, and so you want to be able to provide them with, with what they need. Okay, number five, and this is my last point, and then um, we do have a panel in just a moment, so we're not done yet, okay? But number five is to have a team spirit. Have a team spirit. And you've all heard there's no I in team, right? Have a team spirit. Um, and I've uh, taken this from Mark 9, 33 through 42, and I'm not going to read all of this, but um, have a team spirit. You have so many volunteers in your church ministry. How do you get everyone on the same page? 
We'll work together as one. Don't allow strife or pride to get in between you and maybe some of your volunteers or maybe some of your other um, children's team staff. Everyone's gonna be just a little bit different, right? Nobody has the same exact personality as you. Nobody has the same personality as me and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> okay, so everyone's gonna be a little bit different. Get along with them. Work together as one. The cause of the gospel is much more important than our petty differences. And sometimes when you work with the same people every week, um, you notice those differences and it might become a big deal. Don't make it a big deal, okay? You're here to minister to those children and to those families. So work together as one. Have a joy in your heart, okay? Have a joy in your heart. Is there a joy in your life? Or has, that, has children's ministry just become redundant? You know, think about that. Have a joy in your heart. I know there's times where, you know, you might get into it. Um, this summer, I really came into Kid City um, as like my first summer here. And we went to junior camp and then we had Kids Blast, which was our, our VBS. And then we're planning for this conference and it was so much fun. But there was times in the summer where I thought, wow, is it, well, I've always taught. So back this up. I've always taught. So I've had the summer off, right? And so coming into this, I'm like, wow don't get a break you know there's it just doesn't stop but it's been so much fun have a joy in your heart and if you don't have that joy find it go home renewed and find that joy so that you can you can show that joy to the kids in your ministry and to those parents um, they want to know that you are so happy to have them there and you truly are because we're impacting the next generation okay so you want to have that joy um, in your heart Remember, we are co-laborers with those around us, not competitors, okay? So you're co-laborers, you're laboring together with them, you're not competing with them. Someone can teach a class way better than I can, and I say, great, go you, <laughs> because you know what? I know that I can't teach that class as good as they can. Um, preschool, fours and five-year-olds, that scares me a little bit. Um, I have a four-year-old right now, he's almost five, and I send him to preschool, and I'm like, Praise the Lord that there is someone who just loves him because I don't know what it is about when they get to be about four years old. That's just, that's just not, um, that's not my area, you know? And that's okay. I'm so thankful that there are people that absolutely love that age, right? Um, there's, Mrs. Allen was saying the other day that she served in two-year-olds for the longest time. And I'm for, I'm for years, she was the two-year-old uh, nursery, uh, nursery leader. And I'm like, two-year-olds, whoo. Give me junior hires. And I know people may not like junior hires, but that's like fifth, sixth, and even into se uh, seventh grade. That's such a fun age, I think. Um, so everyone's a little bit different, but you know what? Don't look at it as a competition. Everyone has their group that they're going to do so well with and find those people and put them in those areas, okay? So um, don't compete with them, but um, realize that you are co-laborers. Be flexible, be flexible. Um, do whatever is necessary for the team to succeed. Okay, be flexible with your schedule. Be flexible with what needs to be done. Um, when somebody is coming to you with maybe a concern in their class or maybe um, a, something that needs to be fixed, do you follow up with that? If you are the director or if you are in charge of a class, whatever it might be, maybe you're not the director, but maybe you're the leader in that area. You're in charge of that class. Do you follow up with that? Or do you say, oh no, I passed it on to the director. It's okay, they'll follow up with it. No, follow up with it, own your area, whatever that area might be, but be flexible um, with that as well. Don't spread, um, under this have a team spirit, don't spread negativity. Just don't do it, don't spread negativity. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Whether you teach a kid's class, you're in charge of kid's classes, whatever it might be, when the parents come to drop off those kids, they don't need to hear that the class next door just had an issue. Even if it's your friend coming and you, you, know, you don't need to spread that negativity around. I'm not saying that any of you do that, but sometimes, like I said, when we're here serving with people on a weekly basis, we can think, oh great, that happened again. Same class as last week, you know, or whatever it might be. Don't spread that around. That's not gonna help anything. Okay? If there's an, uh, something that you can fix, fix it and move on. But don't continue to spread that around. Um, so, um, and Ephesians 4, like I said, 29 through 32, those verses um, are amazing. The end of that verse, and you guys know it, it's probably one that you've memorized. Verse 32 says, and be kind one to another. Sometimes we just have to remember that, right? 
Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And then be humble. Be humble. John Wooden said, it's amazing to see how much can be accomplished if no one cares who gets the credit. And it's true. Do you care if somebody knows that you were the one that planned that whole class, that you were the one that ran that whole rally, that you picked out that curriculum that the kids are now learning? What does it matter, right? So be humble. When those children go home and they've learned something from their class, they've learned something new about Jesus, they've learned something new about, you know, what, about the Bible, that's what matters. It doesn't matter who picked the, the curriculum. It doesn't matter if you wrote your own curriculum. That's not what matters. It matters that those children learned it and that they are more in love with Jesus when they leave your classes than before. That's what truly matters. Um, and in conclusion, and then we're going to have our panel. Um, in conclusion, as I was reading while listening to that book, Be Our Guest, um, I heard the quote from Walt Disney, and it was mentioned a couple times. His quote was, my business is making people, especially children, happy. And I thought, that is great. I thought, that's so great. That's my business too, right? That's all of our business. If we're in kids' ministry, that's our business. Um, that would be like a miracle if every Sunday, every kid left your church happy, right? If that was just, if that was it, that would be amazing. But you know what? There's more to that. It's not just our business to keep the kids happy. It's our business to impact them. And I want to come back to Psalm 78.7 that I started with. We want each child to leave filled with the love of God. That's our goal. Not just to keep them happy. Yes, we want them to be happy. We want to see the smiles on the kids' faces. We want them to leave with that candy that we gave them, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, but Psalm 78.7 says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. That's what we want for every child in our ministry. And I hope that that's what you want for every child, that they would leave not forgetting what God did for them. I know there's times where I've brought my kids home and I say, what'd you learn in church today? And they're like, oh, nothing. You know, there's always going to be times like that. But you know what? If in every lesson, when those kids have a lesson, maybe you can encourage your teachers or maybe if you teach a class, if every lesson, every child can leave with one thought from that lesson, then you did it. That's what it's about, that the kids would not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Sometimes we get focused as teachers, we get focused on a curriculum and we think, okay, I need to make sure that my fifth grade class gets these five points. Well, they're not going to remember all five. <laughs> so make a big deal about one, okay? Make a big deal about one. And if they're leaving, knowing that one point about God or that one point about how they should obey, or that one point about how they should love, whatever that one point is, if they're leaving knowing that, then you did it. You did your job that day and you've put that love of God in them, okay? We want them, ultimately, we want them to remember God to set their hope in him. Because when they leave your ministry, when they leave your kids' ministry, maybe they go on to the teens and when they eventually graduate and go out into life, we want them to remember that they can hope in God and that they can trust him and they can keep his commandments. That's what we want for our children in our ministry. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask Brother Bert and Mrs. Allen to come up. Now, Brother Bert, we have nice little seats for you. I'm kind of stuck to the podium here, so we'll kind of move these around. Brother Bert, if you want to scoot that one back. Um, Brother Bert was our children's pastor for um, quite a few years here at our church. And I can't, well, maybe I can sit, I don't know. Um, he was our children's pastor here for many years. And actually, uh, last year you started teaching in the college, correct? Last, last year. Um, so he started teaching in our college and they just sucked him in. And so he's teaching in the college now. And, um, but he was awesome as a children's pastor. Um, really, my kids started going to church. I mean, my oldest is seven um, under his direction as our children's pastor. And so it was just wonderful. Um, and he did a wonderful job. And I told him he left some really big shoes to fill. So I hope I do a great job. But, <laughs> um, but he was awesome. And he has some really good insight on a few of these things. And then I'm going to open it up for some questions. And we've got a few minutes here. So that's wonderful. So I'm going to open it up for some questions in a moment. So if you have some questions, um, but we have some also um, that we wanted to cover. So I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. Mrs. Allen, also, I just talked about Brother Burt. Mrs. Allen, um, 
Um, I work with Mrs. Allen every day. She's our nursery and preschool director, and she does a wonderful job, and she really handles our first-time guests as well. Um, and so just welcoming them in, and I'm gonna direct a few questions about first-time families to you, um, but she does a wonderful job with even keeping up on the follow-up um, and um, every Monday we have a meeting and she has that all prepared and ready to go about like, you know, who who we assign visits to and just different things. And so um, she does well with that. But we'll open this up in a moment for questions, but I wanna start with a couple questions. Um, Mrs. Allen, for you first, we're just gonna kinda walk through it with first time guests. So how do you reach out to first time families to invite them back? I talked a little bit through the process, um, but tell us maybe from your standpoint, what you do with that. Well, one thing is good to be able to be the one that uh, welcomes them to begin with because then you're the one that's gonna walk them around and you're gonna get to know them and you might find out some information that will help you in the follow-up. So um, the first thing that I usually do is once walking them around and kind of getting to know them, uh, on Monday morning, I'll make a spreadsheet for us for follow-up, um, but they also get a personal text message from Kid City. Um, and if we know something you know specific, uh, we had one time it was a a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and the five-year-old didn't want to go to his class, but the three-year-old was very excited to go to his class. So when I did that text, I just made it a little more personal. I always used their names, the, the children's names in the text message, but I just said we were so thankful to have so-and-so come to class, and we really hope that so-and-so will want to come to class this week, and we look forward to having him. And that just meant the world to the parents because then they knew it's not just an automated message they're getting, but it's an actual person on the other end that knows them and knows about them. And it just makes it even more special. And when we're texting them, we just kind of go over like a few things. You're gonna get a four digit code. This is how you're gonna check your kids in. The older ones, they'll just have, they'll be on the roster. So we just explain like a lot of it. And then of course, um, you're more than welcome to come back to the counter where you first saw us and if you have any questions you can reach out to any of us and then we do follow up with them the following week we allow the first week for our connection group leaders to reach out to the parents and mm -hmm. so obviously the first um, the most important thing to us is their salvation so we want the adults to be reached out to first to also help bring back the whole family um, and then we will reach out to the children the second week, more just kind of a thanks for coming, here's a gift, do you have any questions? Were there any concerns with, uh, with your visit with us? Is there anything you wanna ask us or talk to us about so that we can maybe help them through anything else? And so that, that really just helps. That's great. And about being personal, um, Mrs. Allen has taught me that as well, um, just about always using the kids' names. And so even when we write them notes, it's not, it, for us personally, it's, it's not just for the family. We want them to know that we appreciated their child coming to class. And it does make it a little more personal. So I like that you said that. Um, um, Brother Bert, for um, curriculums, how did you choose curriculums and how did you like make sure that it was appropriate for that age group maybe? And we have, maybe you can explain a little bit about our ministry. We have different services. Did you use the same curriculum? Did you switch it up? Something like that. So obviously uh, subscribing to as many catalogs as you can, um, but some of those catalogs are not going to give you uh, King James Version curriculum. Um, and so a lot of times we'll purchase the PDF version of those. And there's an Adobe program that you can actually edit those PDFs and put the King James verses in there. They're amazing curriculums and they're extremely creative, um, but we do want the teachers to be teaching from the King James as well. So uh, right now we use a few different curriculums. We use a different curriculum every hour. And so a lot of the kids, their parents are in the choir, their parents are in ministry, they're here from 8.15 from the first service to Sunday school to the second service. So they're getting three different lessons. And so we try to add some variety mm -hmm. there. Uh, the 8.15 curriculum is a curriculum that you, we use called hands-on curriculum um, from group publishing. And that would be one that you would have to edit. Um, but uh, you get a box of object lessons which e with each curriculum. And we pick that because uh, 8.15, 8.30 is just a really it's a groggy time for everybody and a lot of times we had maybe even some older teachers in that 
uh, frame, that, that, that time frame that uh, needed some creativity at that time. And so that, that curriculum just had a lot of creative object lessons and illustrations and some great things that they could use at that time to try, try to bring some life into those classes. Um, we also use uh, Answers in Genesis curriculum as well, and uh, they just released a few years ago a King James version of their curriculum, and so you don't have to edit it anymore. Um, but we we did all the work and edited it all before that. Um, but Answers in Genesis really worked well for our uh, late hour, uh, the 10:15, 10:30 service because. A lot of those kids are brand new, and so it's very apologetic in nature, talks about why we believe in God, why the Bible is true, a lot of creationism in there. Um, and so it really helps those kids who are just coming into church to understand uh, what we believe from the Bible. And so, uh, so that really helped with that curriculum, and uh, those were kind of the two structures that we used during that time. We've also used the Gospel Project. Um, sometimes that's a Lifeway curriculum. It's not necessarily our favorite, but uh, it has some strong points to it, uh, the graphics and some of the creativity of it. Um, and then for fifth and sixth grade specifically, we use a curriculum called Be Bold, and that is a group publishing curriculum as well. And uh, that basically takes questions um, that, that preteens ask. Mm -hmm. It's specifically for preteens. And it takes some of those really hard questions about the Bible, about life, and uh, every lesson is just answering one of those questions. And so uh, it really fit well into that age group, and uh, we recommend that. Well, you do use the Striving Together curriculum. I have to say that, too. Um, but the Striving Together curriculum is a little bit broader uh, with age groups, and then we use that for a lot of our special events. So if we have special events like a fellowship night or you know, leadership conference, all those different types of things. It's a very flexible curriculum that you can just use whenever you need it. And uh, so I highly recommend <laughs> the Striving Together curriculum as well. Um, but those are just a few things that we use. So Yeah, that's wonderful. I would second the Be Bold curriculum. We've started using it in our bus ministry here as well. So if some of your churches have bus ministries, um, we've started using it with those older classes in our bus ministry. And it is just very practical for them. Um, kids nowadays, are not going through the same struggles that you and I went through um, you know, when we were growing up. They have a lot of questions um, and we wanna be able to provide them with a lot of those answers. And even um, I think a curriculum or a lesson recently um, that we were going through was, um, is it okay to be angry? And you know what? That might be something that we don't really think about. And our immediate response might be like, well, no, it's not. But actually, yes, it is because God gave us those emotions and kids need to know that. And we might just think, you know, even when I teach my kids, like, don't be mad, don't be mad, come to church happy, you know, whatever it might be. But um, it's just those very practical things. Um, but we approach that from a biblical standpoint and we give them the biblical reasoning for that. So that Be Bold curriculum is wonderful as well. Uh, maybe whoop, maybe um, one more question and then I'll, I will open it up because I know it's getting close, um, is how often... Um, do you have worker meetings or maybe communicate with your teachers and helpers? And I can answer this as well, but Brother Bear, I'm gonna give this one to you, but how often do you have those meetings? So we try to add some variety in those meetings. If you have a monthly teachers meeting, you might have a really good number at the beginning when it's new and fresh and everyone's excited, but then everyone gets, you know, tired and schedules and holidays and vacations and, you know, it just kind of fizzles out. So what we try to do is have a really big banquet at the beginning of the year, and uh, that's just, it's just appreciation. It's all inspirational. Um, it's decor and lights and a meal and an inspirational uh, message and just trying to go into the year. A lot of times that will be themed by our church theme. And so we kind of create a kid's version of the church theme that pastor has communicated to the staff and to the church. And so we're communicating that to the children as well. We're getting the teachers excited about it. Usually we'll have some type of a contest right at the beginning of the year in regards to reading your Bible or bringing a visitor or something like that just to try to get everyone excited at the beginning of the year. So that's January. Halfway through the year, we'll have more of a practical session. We call it a lot of times our CE clinic our Christian education clinic. Uh, sometimes it's a volunteer appreciation day or whatever. Uh, but a lot of times that happens during a service, a Wednesday night service. And uh, it's going into the fall season. Everyone knows summer is kind of when everyone gets a little sloppy. And uh, so right into the school year, that end of August, beginning of September time, we have a really big push, 
gifts for the volunteers, but then it's really focused on outreach. And so as we go into our fall season, we usually have some type of friend day or an open house. So we're trying to encourage the teachers to encourage the kids uh, for all outreach in the fall. And so those are really the big, the two big events um, And uh, as we think about training. But then also we'll have the monthly ones as well. So right before Easter, we'll have a meeting, just, you know, curriculum, and here's the schedule. And it's always different, and it's always something confusing. So we have to have some type of a meeting there. And uh, so usually throughout the events, before Leadership Conference, before Kids Blast, We'll have those monthly meetings as well to just try to give teachers the tools that they need. And then a lot of times we like to have one right at the end that was just kind of a casual meeting where we talked about what God did that year. So a lot of times December, uh, even early November, uh, talking about this is how many kids have been saved this year. This is how many kids got saved at Kids Blast. This is how many kids have been baptized and uh, how many kids finished their devotional and just trying to give them some stats from the year to show them that what they're doing is working. And uh, a lot of times in our church, we just go from one big thing to the next thing and we don't really look back at what God did. And so that's a really good time at the end of the year, just to have some casual refreshments and just encourage the teachers in that way. So. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And then Mrs. Allen, one more question for you and then I'll open it up. Um, what steps would you take with an unruly child in a classroom? Because sometimes we have those, I don't know about at your church, maybe they're all perfect, but what steps would you take for maybe an unruly child in a classroom that's a constant issue? Um, or what happens if you have a child that like continues to um, be put in nursery, but they're you know hitting the other children or biting them or whatever, what do you do with that constant? Well, one thing we wanna do is talk with, um, if they're attending a connection group we want to talk to the connection group leader, find out some background okay. maybe on the family. Maybe there's something that's going on in that family that's causing the child to act out to see if we as a church can help that family out. Mm -hmm. um, a second thing that we would do once we kind of get that is also just visit the family in the home and um, and just kind of try to encourage you know, the family and, and try to help them. The, what we tell our workers is, um, our job is to protect all the children. So if there's one child that is hurting all the other children, we can't allow that child to stay in. And so immediately if a child does, um, if it's something that's constant, uh, we will text the parents. We'll have an usher go get the parents to come take the child out so that the parents start to see that we, we can't just have this child doing this and so that hopefully they will help us to put a stop to that. Mm -hmm. so. Yes, and reaching out to the parents and visiting them in their home, I think is a wonderful thing. And whether it's you as a director or, the, or a teacher, um, because they have that weekly um, interaction with that child. Maybe the teacher can go visit them. Maybe you and the teacher can go visit them, you know, whatever it might be, but to visit them in their home. I think that's wonderful. I wanna open this up. We've got just a couple minutes. I wanna open this up for any questions. Does anyone have a question that you'd like to? Maybe you don't wanna ask a question, but does anyone have a question that you'd like to ask right now for our panel? I see your hand back there. Um, what system do you use for the check-in, check-out process? Yeah, so right now um, we currently use Arena. And so Brother Burke can probably speak more to this. Um, we are in the process of updating our system and we, in the next couple years or so, we will um, be updating our system. But right now we use Arena. And like I said, we have, um, we check in kids through age five and they get a sticker that we put on them and also a check out slip and in the elementary classes we write them all in and if they're first time guests we make sure that we take their um information down as well brother bert sorry probably I just don't recommend a <laughs> um, we know that's why we're changing <laughs> we've done everything within our power to make this system work and it's just horrible so please don't go home and buy a uh they do have a new system i think it's called shelby next uh that some mm -hmm. churches have used that has that, that is has been helpful I, I would recommend if you're looking for a standalone check-in system, Kid Check is a really good standalone check-in system. It won't link to your overall church database, which is why we're not using it. Um, but it, 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 when I view it, it's just the top-notch. Um, parents can check in on their phone. Uh, parents can scan a QR code on their phone. Like it's it's just really top-notch. Um, but we don't use that one because it doesn't link in with our overall church database, and we don't want to be keep keeping updating every all that every week. 
Um, uh, but we are looking to uh, ministry, was it platform? Ministry platform. Ministry platform, mm-hmm. uh, which is an overall church database. As, as we've studied church databases as a whole, ministry platform uh, has one of the sharpest check-in systems that I've seen. And so we would love to do that. Um, but, you know, we're just waiting for that to be in the budget. So, uh, you know, so anyway, I know no one has that problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're all gung-ho about it, but we're going to have to wait a little bit till uh, we can save for that. So that's what we would prefer to have. Um, <laughs> Hopefully that yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, how do you do training for new volunteers? Like you said, you had to buy however much. How do you do training for new volunteers that haven't been there? Brother Bert, I'll let you answer that, and then I'll say what I've done recently. <laughs> the interview process mm-hmm. is so important. Um, you're going to sit down, and, and, our, and our pastor is, is very strong on this, not just children's ministry, but every ministry. The leader needs to sit down at coffee or in the office and talk through the ministry requirements, talk through the handbook that we gave you. A lot of these are new Christians, and we are going through, you know, don't drink. I mean, they, they need to, some of them need to ask questions about that. Um, so we, we, we try not to do a whole training with new volunteers because you miss things. Um, you, we really try to be one-on-one with that. So we do that initially. We go through the requirements. They do the background check. They sign the form that they're going to abide by the ministry requirements, all of that kind of stuff. And then we'll introduce them to the teacher. And a lot of times the teacher is going to be experienced where he's kind of training him on the specific things. And we try to mm-hmm. tell the volunteer, everyone has gifts. And so if you're not gifted with being up in front of the kids, we can use your help taking a role, and we could use your help passing out coloring sheets. And so it's really putting them with the teacher and having them learn each other and really what the teacher needs in that classroom as well. But that yeah. first-time interview is so important um, because you're going to have to talk about a lot of awkward things nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say one other thing about that is in our church, um, what we do is we always make sure even before we have that interview with them, someone may say, hey, I want to serve in the kids' ministry. Um, so we make sure that they are vet, that they're approved first through our leadership team, which would be pastor and um, the assistant pastors here. We make sure that they're approved because they may know something that I don't know. You know, so I always make sure take that um, name to them, put a picture with it, say this is the person that wants to serve in our kids team. Do you is that good? Then we'll go through that interview process with them. We'll get a background check done on them. They'll fill out that form, um, the volunteer form. Um, so we do have steps that we do that, and then we will sit down with a one-on-one interview with them. So if that helps answer and that. The training, I'm sorry, about the training after that, do they get, yeah. how do you guys go the training? They didn't just get plugged into a classroom, but then if there's mm-hmm. a teacher there. So for our new teachers, we look for ones who have kind of come up through that. Maybe they were a helper before, and then we're trying to build them up to that teacher. We did have a couple that um, just started this um, this summer, the last few weeks, as a teacher, and they've never taught before. Um, so yeah, it is um, offer them to sit in with another teacher before they start teaching, so then they can kind of be trained through that. So kind of some of that is just getting in the classroom and learning that. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are some tips or suggestions for getting people interested in being a part of kids ministry? So I think a big thing is finding those people, and I know for me, finding those people that currently use the kids ministry. You know, maybe they um, are putting babies in nursery. Maybe they could serve once a month. We do different rotations for our church. So Sunday night is monthly rotation. Um, Sunday mornings we have teachers every week. They're weekly. Um, but find those who are using the the classes or the nurseries for their kids and seeing if they're being willing to get plugged in. But also those who are who are already in there, who are already teaching, who are already helping, um, ask them, you know, do you have anyone else that would be interested? You know, kind of put your feelers out. If you meet someone, sometimes you meet people in your church and you're like, they make a great teacher, you know, ask them, that's okay. You know, and they can, and always, I've had, I had to talk to quite a few and just say, would you be willing to teach? What age group do you think you do well with? You know, and hear back from them, but see if they would be willing to do that. But kind of um, put that out there to see if anyone would be interested in that. And then getting those, maybe there's some, we had quite a few that they used to serve before COVID (laughs) and we've had to, you know, and, and they didn't come back for a while. And so we've had to say, hey, you were in charge of a nursery before COVID. Would you be willing to do that again? You know, if you never ask, the answer is going to be no. 
you know, and sometimes if you do ask, the answer is still no, but at least you asked them, right? Um, so ask them, just put that out there and see if they'd be willing to do that. Sometimes people don't volunteer. I don't know about your church, but sometimes people are like, I'm not going to say a word, but if they ask me, I'll help, you know, because then they know they're needed. Okay. And they want to know that they're needed as well. So just putting that out there. You want to get those people before the choir gets them. No, <laughs> he's got a good point. <laughs> Did you have a question? Oh, right here. Mrs. Allen, what would, I would think stickers and keeping a paper every time they check in. Um, so you're writing their name down, their phone number, uh, maybe um, you, have, you have a database for them, maybe your church has a database. If you don't have that, you need to get one because um, we want to know that we've had those kids at our church, you know, for, for whatever Sunday they came, you know. Um, but start with having a paper at every classroom, a check-in paper, and um, if you don't have that, we could definitely provide that with you, just an example of that. But, um, and then stickers on every kid up through five years old is what we do, but with their name, that makes it really easy for teachers to teaching the class. Um, they've got a sticker on that kid and they can say, hey, and look at the name and then they know who the kid is. So have a sticker, check in, check out with that. Anything else? And I'm sure else? Mrs. Allen could share our template for the labels because we have mm -hmm. a backup system. Mm -hmm. We all know those electric, electronic systems are gonna crash eventually. Mm -hmm. So we have a backup system with physical labels where the parents write the kid's name and, and then a checkout slip that we have right. that the kids, they, they write their um, pin on there um, and they can use that for checkout. So, right. um, but yeah, they have a ton of those down in the nursery. <laughs> yes, yes. Just two quick questions. One, you said something about a rally leader. I'm really interested in what that is. And the second thing is, what about special needs uh, classes or programs, sensory rooms, things like that? Okay, so first question, rallies. We have rallies during our adult connection group. So during Sunday school, we do a rally because it's really hard to find people. They want to be in their adult group, you know, and then it's hard to find people to teach during that time. So we just do a rally. So we have two rallies right now for elementary. Uh, we still have nurseries and preschools that are all separate classes. We don't rally all those kids, um, but we have rallies for our elementary. And so we have a rally leader. Um, right now, our Kid City intern is doing that first through fourth grade rally. Um, so we have a rally leader. Someone in those younger groups, you have to have someone that's super fun and exciting and get those kids all, all you know, their um, energy pointed in the right direction and everything. So we we have that and then in fifth and sixth grade it's called our preteens with purpose and we have a guy who's um, a uh, one of the deacons in our church really um, but he is you know not on staff here but he's been doing it for so long and he loves those kids and he wants them to have a purpose for their life so finding someone who can um, be in there and who is just dedicated to that time so that's our rally leaders um, that's when we have our rallies is during that Sunday school time um, secondly, right now during construction, we do not have a special needs class, um, but when our Kids City buildings open, when our building opens, we'll have some more room and we have what's called the Haven. And it is a classroom for um, our special needs kids. Um, we will be you know, looking for someone to run that because we actually have not had one since COVID. Um, and then we went right into this building program. So it's been a couple years for us since we've had that. Brother Bert, anything to say about that? COVID created a lot of liability with having a special needs class, and so we, we did not have one. And then we went right into construction, mm -hmm. and we don't have the room for it. Um, but we do have plans for one of those classrooms to be just a, an amazing uh, special needs class. Um, and uh, there are a lot of families who, who need that. Right now we use a parent's room, so we just have the room where the parents can take their kids and watch the, the service on the screen. A lot of the parents are still live streaming, so we really need to get back into that. Um, but as we think about an ideal haven, you would have kind of a half dividing wall where you would have on one side the behavioral special needs, but then on the other side would be the more uh, calm special needs. We've seen a conflict between those two in that class a lot of times. And so we really like to have a division there where a worker can kind of monitor both, but. Um, but not have those together for safety reasons. Um, and so, so that's kind of what we're thinking. And then obviously having a lot of the, uh, the, the sensor toys and everything in there. And then um, you know, just teaching a, a simple lesson to them and helping them to understand the Bible. And uh, there are people 
in every church who just have a passion for helping special needs children and they are they are extremely qualified for it as well we have plenty of people in our church who work that's their job um, is to help special needs children so we need to get a lot of those people involved in that and they're passionate about it and I'm excited to be able to start it up again mm -hmm. so Definitely. I don't know if that answers your question but. yeah and I saw one hand over here but I'm not sure who was Same one. Okay. Does anyone else have any questions? I know we're a little bit late for lunch. I'm so sorry. We'll take one more and then we'll dismiss for lunch. Yes. It is one hour. Um, so right now we have our 815 service um, and our, a 945 rally. So it goes 945 and then our next service starts at 1045. So it's that one hour where it would be Sunday school hour, I guess you could say. Um, but it's our adult connection group. So during that time, our first hour teachers take the kids to that rally that rally room. And during that time, um, they basically have um, a game time, a song time, and a lesson time. And then the second hour teachers, um, the second service teachers take them from the rally room to their next class. So the kids get brought to our rally room and then taken to the next class. But it would basically just be that games, songs, and lesson. And that's kind of how we structure that. So yes, grades. Yes, first through fourth, boys and girls all in there together, fifth and sixth together during that time. It's like a glorified children's church. It that's, is, that's yes. Call it there you go. Rally, <laughs> um, but we have a lot of decor and a lot mm -hmm. of uh, costumes, and it's just very high energy uh, time for the kids and, and some good preaching in there mm -hmm. for them, too. And we try to do quarterly themes with that as well. So we have a theme right now for our fall. It's a fall uh, farm fresh theme. Um, in the beginning of the year, we always do our church's theme for the year. So the first quarter of the year is just the church's theme. And then through that, um, the rally leaders will pick different themes that they want to incorporate through, throughout the year. So we've got like four different themes through the year. And it is just a very high energy time for those kids um, because they have the classes that they go to that may be a little, you know, lower energy level for those classes. And then rally time is that exciting children's church time so okay all right well if you have any questions we're going to stay up here for a few minutes thank you guys so much for coming have a great day